From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop? It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you're not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's churchescare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com. We look forward to serving you. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to churchescare.com to explore the possibilities. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is spirits, ghosts, and black cats. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it. Based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a matter of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. Relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We just want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize, and neither of us have any particular knowledge of the paranormal, medical science, or veterinary science. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. With Halloween just around the corner, spirits and ghosts are just a subject to talk about. Black cats are a symbol of the time of year, being the companions to classical witches. The veil between the physical world and the spirit world is supposed to become thinner at this time of year. Maybe it's because people are thinking about ghost spirits and things that go bump in the night, as well as witches and their spooky black cats. Let's start with spirits. What is the definition for a spiritual being? Vocabulary.com has the following definition. An incorporeal being believed to have powers to affect the course of human events. 
incorporeal means not having a material existence. What is the definition of a ghost? Again, from vocabulary.com, a ghost is the spirit of a person who's died. Generally, what do people believe about the paranormal? According to the Life Science website, people in the United States can be categorized as follows. 71% have had a paranormal experience. 34% believe in ghosts. 56% believe ghosts are spirits of the, of the dead. 41% believe in extrasensory perception or ESP. 37% believe that houses can be haunted. 65% believe Ouija boards are dangerous. Plus, significant percentage believe in psychic or spiritual healing, possession by the devil, mental communication with the dead, reincarnation, channeling a spirit by taking control of a body, and witches, which are of course the which are of course the primary symbol of Halloween. What about angels? According to CBS News in 2011, nearly 80% of Americans believe in angels. We've discussed the ghosts and spirits quite frequently on other shows. What's new? We have discussed ghosts, even animal ghosts, but not generically. We haven't talked about all the possible different types of ghosts. What different types of ghosts are there? The Thought Catalog website lists the following, which appear to include both spirits and ghosts, especially if a ghost is defined as the spirit of a departed person. The poltergeist, the interactive personality, orbs, funnel ghosts, ectoplasm or ectomist, demonic possessed human entity, demons, shadow people, the crowd demon, animal ghosts, inanimate ghosts, the doppelganger, the lemur, and artificial ghosts. Not included are attachments, but we need to discuss them also. That's a long, long list and includes entities that might be thought of as different from ghosts. We've included poltergeists, animal ghosts, and doppelgangers in some detail in other shows. We might have mentioned orbs and shadow people in passing, so we probably shouldn't exclude them. I would like to know more if a particular type of ghost or spirit can make objects disappear than reappear. But starting the thought catalog list, what is the interactive personality? Thought catalog gives the following description, quote, these are the most common ghosts. They are loved ones who are returning to bring you comfort or to convey important information they believe you should know. These ghosts can emit a scent like perfume or cigarette smoke in order to help sense their presence. They can also make noises and might even, might even speak to you. Interactive personalities retain the same personality that they had when they were alive and can still experience emotions. These ghosts are friendly and return because they know you need to see them again. They know you need their help, unquote. Is there another source with more to say? The Ghosts and Gravestones website states much the same, but doesn't confirm that interactive personalities are friendly. Let's move on to orbs. Yes, the Ghosts and Gravestones website describes orbs as follows. Quote, orbs are probably the most photographed type of anomaly. They appear as a transparent or translucent ball of light that is hovering over the ground. Many ghost hunters and guests on Ghosts and Gravestones are surprised to see them in their photo. It is believed that orbs are the soul of a human or even an animal. 
that has died and is traveling around from one place to another. The circular shape they take on makes it easier for them to move around and is often the first state they appear in before they become a full-bodied apparition. If you're lucky enough to capture an orb on video, you'll be amazed by how fast they can move. The photographs are usually white, but can be blue as well, unquote. So orbs only usually are seen after the fact in photos and videos. They can't be that scary, but are funnel ghosts scary? They sound pretty scary. Here's more from the Ghosts and Gravestones article. Quote, most often spotted in homes or old historical buildings, the funnel ghost or vortex is frequently associated with a cold spot. They usually take on the shape of a swirling funnel, and most paranormal experts believe they are a loved one returning for a visit or even a former resident of the home. Appearing as a wisp of light or a swirling spiral of light, they are often caught in photographs or on video, unquote. I've heard of ghost hunters finding cold spots. I'm not so sure about seeing swirling spirals of light. Moving on to ectoplasma or ectomist that seems to be more Hollywood than any other types of ghost. Ghosts and Gravestones provides a description. Quote, Ever seen a mist of fog that almost looks like it's swirling? If so, you may be witnessing what paranormal investigators deem as an ectomist or ghostly mist. This vaporous cloud usually appears several feet off the ground and can move swiftly or simply stay still, almost like it's orbiting. These ghostly encounters have been captured on many videos and in photographs and can be white, grey or even black, although they can simply appear in this way, linger, then move away quickly. Sometimes ectoplasms appear before becoming a full-bodied apparition. Many people have witnessed them outdoors in graveyards, battlefields, and historical sites, unquote. A demonic possessed human entity definitely sounds scary. I think we have touched on possession in other shows, but I think we should discuss the subject. Here is a description from the Thought Catalog article. Quote, when an evil spirit infiltrates a living person, it controls their conscious energy. Since they are inhabiting a physical body, these ghosts have a greater strength than the rest. They can move objects, hurt people, and kill as they please. They are as dangerous as demons, unquote. What do other sources have to say about evil spirits infiltrating living people and exorcisms? Here's part of an article from the London Daily Mail newspaper from June of 2018. Quote, he's heard the voices speak in ancient Greek. He's heard them speak in Latin. Dr. Richard Gallagher says they converse in Chinese, Spanish, French that they're wildly smart and manipulative. The voices and the languages come out of people, he says, but they're not actually human. They're demons, they're real, and so is evil, he says. Demonic possession exists, and he has seen it firsthand, unquote. Dr. Richard Gallagher claims to have spent 25 years viewing exorcisms. So what causes demonic possession? The Daily Mail article continues with Dr. Gallagher explaining the difference between possession and attack by an evil spirit. Quote, he explains, in possession, an evil spirit controls that person, takes them over, whereas with oppression, people use different terms for it. Some people use the term vexation. That indicates an attack by an evil spirit on an individual, 
but that evil spirit can't or doesn't take over the personality. It's not random at all. There's almost always a discernible cause. The most common cause is someone has turned to evil or the occult. And paradoxically, it is often when they try to get away from that, the demonic world feels they have a hold of that person. That person may have actually even promised themselves to Satan or some kind of evil. And then they, in a sense, they're getting punished for trying to move out of that. That's the most common reason people get attacked. He adds, a lot of it depends on their internal intention. Are they kind of really, really committed to the occult as opposed to just kind of playing around with a Ouija board? There are a couple of other character categories of people who can get attacked. Very holy people. And there are many stories of saintly people throughout history that had demonic problems, he says, unquote. That leads us into talking about demons, which are really scary. There are a lot of sources describing demons with encyclopedia.com providing a general description. Quote, except in some monotheistic religions, all demons are not assumed to be evil. Many kinds of spiritual beings who are not obviously gods may be described as demons. Demons are far more powerful than humans, though their powers are limited and they are longer lived, though not necessarily immortal. Demons often seem to be anthropomorphic, conceptual. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Realization of discrete invisible natural forces that are perceptible mainly through their effects, such as wind or specific diseases. In pre-scientific cosmologies, air, wind and the breath, spiritus of life, are usually conceived as invisible or even immaterial. As spirits, demons are normally invisible, be 
become perceptible either through their effects on humans or through language or signs. When becoming visible, demons may exhibit their own inherent shapes or assume familiar or monstrous forms. Demonic spirits may protect or inhabit places, bodies of water or vegetation. Demons may also inhabit or be guardians of an underworld and may torment human souls there. At times, ghosts have demonic characteristics. They may be the ancestors of the culture that describes them or recently deceased family members who it is feared could return to claim surviving relatives or neighbours. In some religions, particularly Judaism, Christianity and Islam, demons may be identified with or compared to angels or devils. However, in English and other modern languages, the three terms all derived from ancient Greek have differing impl implications. Daemon and its derivatives, daemonios, daemonion, daemon, daemonium in Latin, denote a superhuman spiritual being that interacts directly with humans. The daemon's character may be good, evil or changeable, but late Judaism and Christianity eventually defined demons as profoundly, irredeemably evil, unquote. Monotheistic, monotheistic religions believe in one God. Anthropomorphic means having a human form or human attributes. Moving down the list, what are shadow people? The Paranormal Authority website describes how you might see one. Quote, it's late at night and you're in a dark room. You're exhausted but can't sleep. There is something standing in the corner of your room looking at you, studying you. It looks like the shape of a man, but it's not a man. But I think we'll have to continue after the break, Justine. Yes, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. back to too good to be true and before the break we were just discussing shadow people and dad you were quoting from the paranormal authority website can you please continue i think i'll start from the top justina quote it's late at night and your room is dark you're exhausted but you can't sleep there's something standing in the corner of your room looking at you studying you it looks like the shape of a man but it is not a man it's a shadow a shadow that seems to move and think entirely on its own. What you saw was a shadow person and you're not alone. Seemingly since the dawn of civilization, people have had encounters with shadow people spanning all manner of countries, cultures and societies. It is a global phenomenon and encounters seem to be growing with each passing year." Unquote. What do shadow people look like? Here's more from the Paranormal Authority website. Quote, Many people who witness a shadow person are quick to claim they've seen a ghost. However, their appearance and behavior vary greatly from your standard specters. 
Usually spirits are translucent and have an almost mist-like quality about them. The appearance of a shadow person can vary slightly, but they're always dark and only impossible to see through. Some shadow people are more abstract in shape like are more abstract in shape like a cloud or a tall black mass. Others are much more defined with a clear head, torso and limbs. Several individuals have even encountered a shadow person donning a bowler hat. In fact, the shadow hat man is reported to be even more terrifying and antagonistic than ordinary shadow people. There are those who even speculate that the hat man is the de facto leader of the shadow people. There's been an increase in sightings over the last few years, as well as some new developments as to the physical characteristics of shadow people. Some individuals have started to report that the shadow people are plagued by having distinct eyes, either all white or 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 all red in color. Unquote. Moving on, what are crowd demons who are next to be discussed? The Listverse website explains, but we also can't include the pictures. Quote, crowd demons are very strange anomalies. While demons seem not to not be restricted or constrained by time and location, crowd demons seem to specifically show up in places that are inhabited by large groups of people, hence the term crowd in their name. Why crowd demons are attracted to crowds are no concrete answers. Theories range from energy emanated by the specific location or an attraction to the photographer or bystander in the crowd. Standard apparitions may make single appearances on film, but crowd demons tend to show up in numbers. When they do appear on film, crowd demons may take on various distorted shapes, some nearly unrecognisable to the human eye. One picture shows what looks like a reptile-shaped head fighting down on the person standing next to it, while in the same picture, a darkened outline of a person sits among the onlookers, conspicuously standing out from the live members of the audience. Next to this figure, there seems to be a distorted face looking back at the camera. Perhaps these spirits arrive in numbers and among throngs of people because they are desperate to get noticed, unquote. With inanimate ghosts next, these only ghosts that don't or can't move. It's more about being frozen in time, according to the list for us website. Quote, At one time, inanimate ghosts were all the rage in the ghost scene. The phantom ship, the Flying Dutchman, personifies what the inanimate ghost is all about. The Flying Dutchman terrorized sailors on the high seas in the 17th century, so much so that even gazing upon it meant almost certain doom for the voyage. The Flying Dutchman, apart from the most ardent of enthusiasts and opera buffs, is largely forgotten in this day and age and no longer inspires the fear that it once did. Inanimate ghosts come in all forms, not just ships. They can be cars, trains and even disembodied lamps. One thing that all inanimate ghosts have in common is routine. They all appear at the same time and place, traveling the same routes. The vehicle, if it is a moving thing, was taken right at the moment of disaster. These ghosts are frozen in time, repeating their final moment over and over again without any hope of liberation from their perpetual cycle, unquote. The next ghostly entity is the lemur. The Mental Floss website explains that their presence was in ancient Rome. Uh, 
quote, the lemurs of ancient Rome were in fact grotesque skeletal specters who would wander the earth at night causing hurt and injury to the living. According to the early Christian scholar, St. Augustine, who brought it up to disagree with it, these were the cruel and malevolent ghosts of iniquitous characters and lost souls, thieves and criminals, the executed and the damned, and all those who, for whatever reason, had not been afforded a proper funeral, like sailors lost at sea whose bodies could not be recovered and buried appropriately. According to Roman poet Ovid, they were voiceless spirits who would walk the earth in search of their old homes, terrifying all those who crossed their paths as they wandered the streets at night. The only way to hold them at bay, he explained, was to exercise your home during an early springtime festival known as Lemuria. At midnight on the 9th, 11th and 13th of May, the head of the household would walk the, barefoot, uh, the house barefoot, throwing a ceremonial offering of dried black beans over their shoulders with the words, with these beans I redeem me and mine. Bronze pots and dishes would be then clashed together, creating a cacophony of noise meant to drive the spirits from the house. Only once this ritual had been completed for the third time would the house be deemed as safe be deemed as safe for another year. Unquote. The name lemur derives from the Latin word lemurus, meaning ghosts. The last on the list in the thought catalog article is artificial ghosts. Is there anything fake about them? The Lisper's website provides a description that seems a little far-fetched. Quote, the artificial ghost is among the rarest of ghost types on this list and in the whole pantheon of the spirit world. It is basically a ghost that is created from the ground up. A customized ghost is, if you will, like a group of kids creating a video game character in their favorite game and playing at the story with that character. This is how it happens. A group of people come together and virtually creates a name for their ghost, plus a narrative of said ghost. And afterwards, this group combines all their mental and spiritual energies, sometimes with the assistance of tools such as Ouija boards, in their endeavor of creation. And just like that, bingo, you have your own personal ghost. Now, this may sound like a joke, but actual serious research and experimentation was put into this. One such experiment by the Toronto Society for Psychical Research was illustrated in a book entitled Conjuring Up Philip, an adventure in psychokinesis. The book details the group's creation of an, entire, of an entity named Philip using psychokinesis. The results were startling. Not only was an entity named Philip created, but they were able to communicate with, fresh, with the freshly created ghost using raps and knocks. Plus, they attained the power of levitation. Well, that's what they said. They went on to later to create Lilith, a Canadian spy, and Sebastian, a medieval alchemist, unquote. Psychokinesis is the movement of objects by use of psychic power. What other entities that could be described as spirits or ghosts should we mention that we haven't already? There are etheric revenants, Cobbles and vortices included in the list first article. Here's a description for etheric revenants. Quote, we may have read stories or even seen shows where people become weak and lose energy, being in certain haunting places. This probably can be attributed to the presence of etheric revenant, of an etheric revenant. 
These types of ghosts are admittedly very rare. They possess qualities that would suggest that they are somewhat linked to non-earthly entities, such as demons or beings from, other, from another dimension, as they have an appearance which is very similar to the more common shadow people ghost type. But unlike the shadow people, the etheric revenant primarily siphons energy away from any living being in the areas that they inhabit. Etheric revenants are considered highly dangerous as they take a physical and emotional toll on its victims. But despite their highly dangerous position in the hierarchy of ghosts, you will hardly ever hear anyone, especially in mainstream media, speak of these creatures. Unquote. They sound like a form of energy vampire. But moving on, what are kobolds? Something I've heard of as the element cobalt gets its name from kobolds. Encyclopedia Britannica provides the following description. Quote, Cobalt in German folklore, mischievous household spirit who usually helps with chores and gives other valuable services, but who often hides household and farm tools or kicks over stooping persons. He is temperamental and becomes outraged when he is not properly fed. He sometimes sings to children. Some kobolds have been called the spirits of caves and mines. Still others have specific names such as Hudikin, who frightens unfaithful wives, and Goldimar, who sees the secret sins of the clergy. Unquote. That leaves vortices from the Listverse article before we go into attachments and objects that disappear and reappear. This verse explains vortices as follows. Quote, the vortex is a supernatural phenomenon that the average layperson in the field of the paranormal may not have heard of, and understandably so, as the vortex is a strange being indeed. It is unobservable to the normal human eye, usually showing its presence only in, still, in picture stills. The vortex is long, usually in the shape of a cigar or, me, or a metal rod, and contains a thread-like design making them appear almost like a turning screw in midair. Vortices make themselves known through temperature, making the immediate area they occupy cold. The vortex can be mistaken as the more common orb, as they both travel in similar trajectories. The vortex is more of an indoor phenomenon, and like other types of paranormal objects, are usually attached to larger scale hauntings. Since they seem to solely exist within the confines of homes, there is a theory that they may be previous residents of the property. They may actually be vehicles for other spirits to piggyback on as they travel between their dimensions and their dimension and ours, unquote. Let's talk about attachments. The following is from the website of Dorothy M. Nedermeyer, PhD, a healer who assists in removing spiritual attachments, quote, Everything in this third dimension world is founded on an understanding that everything is energy and energy moves in a circular fashion. At the microscopic level, everything is a whirling mass of electrons and energy atoms spinning rapidly. Any energy that is not your energy can cause your energy field to be sluggish. Even if you have your spouse's, parents or children's, children's energy in your aura, it can cause you to feel less than your optimal vibration. Therefore, during a session, we may identify foreign energy in your aura and assist you to clear it using ancient healing techniques. Spirit attachments, although not uncommon, are seldom recognized as such. 
people diagnosed with affective disorder, ADD, ADHD, bipolar, panic attacks, anxiety, PTSD, schizophrenic, etc., might also have attachments. Attached spirits often do little or no harm except to use up energy. However, some can be very disruptive and problematic. In the event you have a spirit attachment and you do nothing about it, you could unknowingly lead the life of the attachment rather than your own. There's no known benefit to keep an attachment, unquote. What causes a person to be vulnerable to spiritual attachment? Here's more from Dorothy Niedermeyer, quote, People who have frequent illnesses or a difficult childhood are more susceptible to spirits attaching. It is possible to pick up lost spirits when you are emotionally depleted or are unconscious from anesthesia, an accident or traumatic stress, as this can alter your mind pattern because you are in a vulnerable state. It is easier for spirits to attach. But I think we'll have to talk more of this after the break. Yes, we'll continue after the short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. too good to be true and before the break dad you were discussing from dorothy niedermeyer what causes a person to be vulnerable to spiritual attachments can you please continue yeah some people are more susceptible to picking up strange spirits than others there are many ways of unintentionally picking up spirits some people's energy fields are susceptible and for some reason it is easy for spirits to attach other people's energy fields are strong in such a way that spirits are unable to attach, unquote. It seems like there is a lot more to understand or understand about spiritual attachments. Moving on to objects disappearing and reappearing, that seems to be pretty common. There are, written, there are books written on the subject, so it must happen a lot. The Ghost to Ghost website gives the typical scenario, quote, DOP, disappearing object phenomenon, is a relatively common phenomenon in which an object disappears from view and later inexplicably returns. For example, a person puts their car keys on a kitchen counter where they are always kept. When the person goes to get them, they're gone. A thorough search returns up nothing. Later, the keys are found on the counter where they were originally put or some other obvious place. It is difficult to document a genuine DOP occurrence because people can be careless, simply replace, misplace things or be forgetful. But there are many compelling stories from people who are, uncertain, who are certain they look for the object in the place that it later appears. In some cases, people audibly call out for the object to be returned, and it is. In some rare cases, the missing object has actually been seen materialising out of thin air. It, also, it is also known as a borrower phenomenon. It may be related to poltergeist phenomena, unquote. I think that covers ghost or spirit behavior. But with Halloween, we think of witches, black cat. Why are black cats associated with witches? Apparently in medieval France and Spain, black cats were considered 
bringers of bad luck and curses to any human they came near and were associated with witchcraft. Is there anything about cats that seems typical or strange? The All About Cats website describes what many have seen in their cats. Quote, well, animals may not use a language, a language to communicate like humans, but a true animal observer will realize that animals do communicate very well with their sounds and body language. The cat is one species, and apart from communicating with their owners, they have a connection with each other as well. It might seem a bit unusual for humans who consider this preposterous, but if you observe cats keenly, they are not un as unintelligent as many of us might consider them to be. Some feline observers have found their cats staring continuously at a particular spot from which they later found unusual sounds coming, unquote. Can cats see ghosts? Here's more from the All About Cats website. Quote, Other examples include cats that sense ghosts and stare at the stairway like someone is walking up and down. After a while staring, it looks like they are trying to fight something off their face. Some of us might consider it as playing, while others might think just think of it as the way cats behave. But is that really true? There was another cat who lived with his pet owner and kept staring at a room. The owner did, in fact, report she could hear some unusual sounds coming from the room. Did the cat see anything that was not visible to the human eye? It has been predicted that cats can see things from the spiritual world which normal people usually cannot. According to some studies, it's been said that cats generally know more than humans. They feel certain vibrations and they, that seems to be the reason they despise people and are not fond of cats. It is quite shocking, but they can sense negativity coming from certain people, and they tend to either stay away from such people or hiss at them, even though when their owners are going to arrive and who loves them the most, they're even capable of realising any danger that is near them or near their pet par parents. Another well-known trait they possess is understanding when their caretaker is sad or hurt. Such telepathic traits make it more believable that they are completely capable of sensing things that we humans may often, may often not notice, unquote. Can cats see into other dimensions? I couldn't find anything concrete on this. With cats staring into space, there is speculation that they are actually looking into parallel universes or other dimensions. But how can you prove that? Cats are independent beings, typically being classified as wild animals, even if they have owners. I think it's time for some what should be spooky questions. Is the spirit of being without any material existence believed to have powers to affect the course of human events? That's possible, yes. Even though they are not physical, they can still affect the course of human events? Yes, they are energy. Is a ghost the spirit of a person who has died? Yes. Or an animal? Correct. Do 71% of the people living in the United States believe they have had a paranormal experience? Even more since some people won't admit it. Do nearly 80% of Americans believe in angels? Yes. Is the interactive personality a loved one who is returning to bring comfort or to convey important information? That could be said, yes. Can an interactive personality emit a scent like perfume or cigarette smoke in order to help sense their presence? Yes. Can an interactive personality make noises and might even speak? That's possible, yes. Depends on the entity. 
do interactive personalities retain the same personality that they had when they were alive and still experience emotions? Sometimes, again, it depends on the certain circumstance. Are interactive personalities always friendly? No. What should you do if you believe you're being visited by an interactive personality? Try to figure out who it is, since if you know the person, you might be able to help them get to the other side. If you don't know the person, it could become dangerous, since you don't know the personality of the person. To remove any spirit, ghost, or entity of whichever type, is it true that you should always get the help of a, of a professional? Correct. Dealing with paranormal circumstances by yourself can become tricky. Changing subject to orbs, do they appear as transparent or translucent balls of light that hover over the ground? Yes. Are orbs only seen in photographs or videos? For the most part, yes. Are orbs souls of human beings or animals that have died and are traveling around from one place to another? Not necessarily souls, but remnant energy, yes. Why do orbs have their circular shape? That's just how they are, so the circle in a way provides protection. What colors can orbs have besides being white? Any color, so there are endless possibilities. What else can you say about orbs? And sometimes in photographs, it will just be a trick of light. So it's very difficult to tell that there, it is an issue with the camera or the photo or is actually an orb. Is there anything to fear about orbs? No, not at all. Changing subject to funnel ghosts, are they most often seen in homes or old historical buildings? For the most part, yes. Is a funnel ghost frequently associated with a cold spot? That could be said, yes. Is a funnel ghost a loved one returning for a visit or even a former resident of the home? Sometimes it can be. What else could it be? Basically anything that wants to come through, so anything that wants to come through the vortex. Are funnel ghosts often called in photographs or in videos? Here and there, but they don't really appear as very distinct in the photograph or videos, so they are pretty hidden. What else can you say about funnel ghosts? Just again, be careful which doors are open. So once the door is open, it's very difficult to shut it on the spirit world. Changing subject to ectoplasm or ectomist, does a vaporous cloud usually appear several feet off the ground, moving swiftly or then staying still, almost like it's orbiting? That's what has been studied so far, yes. Has ectoplasm or ectomist been captured on video or in photographs? Again, that's what some people believe, yes. Can ectoplasm or ectomist be white, grey or black? Yes. Do ectoplasms sometimes appear before becoming a full-bodied apparition? Sometimes yes, but again, sometimes it stays as is. Has ectoplasm been witnessed outdoors in graveyards, on battlefields, or at historical sites? Yes, it has been. Is there anything else you can say about ectoplasm or ectomist? That sometimes it does have a normal explanation, so try to make sure that it is not the normal weather or normal area. So capturing photographs or videos can be very difficult, depending on the other conditions. Changing subject to the demonic possessed human entity, is it possible for an evil spirit to infiltrate a living person and control their conscious energy? In theory, yes. Do demonic possessed human entities have great strength, possibly more than the person that is the host? In some circumstances, yes, but again, it depends on the entity.
Can they move objects, hurt people, and kill as they please? No, they cannot kill someone, but they can cause injury, yes. How dangerous can a demonic possessed human entity be? Very dangerous, to the point where many people can get injured. So they can become a very it can become a very scary situation. What is the origin of demons that possess or attack human beings? You could say the opposite of good, so basically evil. So they come from, you could say, a faraway place where they just thrive off evil and negativity. Can demonic possess human entities speaking different languages such as Greek, Latin, Chinese, Spanish or French? That's correct, yes. Are the voices not actually human? It depends on the circumstances again. So yes, there are cases where they are not human. Are the entities wildly smart and manipulative? A hundred percent, yes. Are there attacks by demons on individuals as well as possession? Yes. Is there always a discernible cause for either attacks or possession? Basically, again, to feed off the negative energy, so to make the circumstance so negative and feed off of it. Can a person promise themselves to some kind of evil to get possessed or attacked by a demon? It's possible, yes, especially if a door is opened, so they can make themselves a target. Are some victims of demons punished for trying to break away from the demon? You could say that, yes, where the demon wants a host, which is a human body, so it wants to stay in that host. If someone is attacked rather than being possessed by a demon, is it because they can't be possessed? Not always, no. Sometimes there's a small chance. But for the most part, it's basically looking at the person as not a habitable host. So yes, there is a small possibility that a soul can be possessed, but in most cases, it's not possible. Can a person be possessed or attacked by casual interaction with a demon? Yes. Can very holy people be attacked by demons? Yes, anyone can. What else can you say about demonic possessed human entities, including how to avoid possession in the first place? Basically, again, it goes back to not opening doors to the spirit world that are not closed. So making sure to always put up protection, be careful what you use, avoid things like Ouija boards, and have some knowledge of what you are doing. So not going into a circumstance where you're trying to summon a demon, for example, with no idea what you are doing. Changing subjects to demons without attachment. Are all demons evil as believed by monotheistic religions? By definition, yes. Are demons more powerful than humans, but with powers that are limited? Power is a sliding scale, so in some ways, yes, very powerful, but humans are also very powerful. Are demons longer lived than humans, though not necessarily immortal? Yes. Yes to both? Yes, they are not immortal. Can demons take on human form or human characteristics? They can imitate, but not fully take on the form, no. When becoming visible, can demons exhibit their own inherent shape or assume familiar or monstrous forms? Yes. Do demonic spirits protect or inhabit places, bodies of water or vegetation? They can be anywhere. So yes, they can be there, but they can be anywhere. I asked this before, but where do demons come from? Again, a very dark place. So where it's just the dark, negative place, which makes it so an evil exists. So if there wasn't evil, there wouldn't be good. Well, before we go into before we go to talk about shadow people, maybe we should go into the break. 
Yes, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Axone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we're going through the questions and psychic insight about spirits, ghosts, and black cats. Dad, can you please continue? Yes. Changing your subject to shadow people, do they appear when you can't sleep, appearing in shadow-like forms? To some people, yes. Have there been interactions with shadow people since the dawn of civilization? Yes. Are there interactions with shadow people all over the globe? With the number of encounters increasing with each passing year? Yes and no. Again, reporting shadow people is very difficult because in a lot of circumstances it can't actually be proven. So it's very difficult to actually track the amount of cases. Are spirits rather than shadow people normally translucent with an almost mist-like quality about them? Yes and no. Again, it really depends on the spirit. Are shadow people always, always dark and nearly impossible to see through? That could be said, yes. What forms do shadow people appear in? Basically any forms. They can appear as almost anything. Do shadow people have distinct eyes, either white or red in colour? Not always, no. Again, it depends. Where do shadow people originate from? Basically, you can call it an in-between world. So where they get trapped in this in-between living and the dead. So they are a type of ghost? Not exactly, since ghosts are more towards the spirit world. These are just more trapped in an unknown place. What else can you say about shadow people? Just not to be afraid of them. Occurrences are pretty rare, and they may come off as scary, but they can do no harm. Changing subject to crowd demons, do they show up in places that are inhabited by large groups of people? No. Is there such a thing as a crowd demon? No, demons show up wherever they please. They don't care if there is a large crowd or not. So why do people see demons in photographs and on video? They're just demons where they want to be. So it's not because of a crowd, it's just where they basically belong. Changing subject to inanimate ghosts, are they also known as imprints? Yes. So they're not different? They're different energy-wise, so it gets very complex. But the energy levels, you could say, are different. Is the phantom ship, the Flying Dutchman, an inanimate ghost? That could be said, yes. Did the Flying Dutchman terrorize sailors on the high seas in the 17th century or at other times? Yes. Can inanimate ghosts appear as cars, trains, or other objects appearing at the same time and place, traveling the same routes? Yes. Are inanimate ghosts frozen in time, repeating their final moments over and over again without any hope of liberation from their perpetual cycle? 
No, there's always hope that they will be out of their cycle. So it's not something they're stuck in forever. What else could you say about inanimate ghosts? Just not to be afraid of them, since just like an imprint, they can do no harm. So not to be scared, just to let the moment pass by and go on with, with what you're doing. Changing the subject to the lemur, were these in ancient Roman times grotesque skeletal specters who would wander the earth at night, causing hurt and injury to the living? That was what was believed, yes. Are or were lemurs malevolent ghosts of iniquitous characters and lost souls? That's what some people believe. Was the only means of removal exercising the home? Yes, correct. Why don't we hear about lemurs today? The terms have changed over the years, so terms that were used before are not always the terms of today, and vice versa. So they appeared in ancient Rome and now appear elsewhere, but they're all ghosts? Yes. Changing subject to artificial ghosts, are they created from the ground up? Again, it's very complicated, but that's what some people believe, yes. To create an artificial ghost, does a group of people come together and create a name for that ghost and a narrative for that ghost while combining all of their mental and spiritual energies? That's what is believed. But again, in this case, it's more of a tricking themselves into believing than actually creating an actual ghost. Could Ouija boards be used to assist in the creation of artificial ghosts? Yes, but that's letting some entity go from the spirit world into the physical world. So that's actually really seeing something. Were the Toronto Society for Psychical Research successful in creating an entity named Philip? That entity came from elsewhere, so it wasn't created by just them. What else can you say about artificial ghosts? Most of the time, it's actually people scaring themselves. So most of the time, they'll make more of the situation than is actually going on. Changing subject to etheric revenants, if this type of ghost exists, is it rare? Yes. Are etheric revenants linked to non-earthly entities such as demons or beings from another dimension? That's correct, yes. Do etheric revenants siphon energy away from any living being in the areas that they inhabit, taking a physical and emotional toll on their victims? Yes. Could they be described as energy vampires? Yes, that's correct. And again, demons can do this as well. So it gets complicated trying to identify what entity is what. Why is so little heard or written about etheric revenants? Basically, since someone is draining energy, it is usually explained by a number of other reasons. So lack of sleep, not eating well, stress, etc. So it is very hard to tell where a person's lack of energy comes from. Changing subject to cobbles, are they mischievous spirits or fictional characters in folklore? Those are more divine as more fictional characters. So we don't have to ask any more about cobbles. Correct. Changing subject to vortices, how are they different from funnel ghosts? They're not. They're very, very similar. So again, many people make up very similar names for where a lot of these entities overlap. So is there anything to say about vortices that hasn't been said about funnel ghosts? No. Changing subject to attachments, how are they different from other spirits or ghosts? Basically, the only difference is that they're following one certain person or attached to one certain place. So basically, they will either follow the place or the person wherever they go. Can an attachment be an energy that arrives in a person's energy field? 
It can, yes, but it also can be outside their energy field and just trying to posture them. Can an attachment cause a person to feel sluggish with less than their optimal vibration? That's possible, yes. Can attachments be linked to specific medical conditions? Not exactly, no. Can an attachment do little harm or can be disruptive and problematic? Basically a kind of a nuisance. So depending on what entity is actually attached, it can be a very scary situation or it can just be kind of annoying. Do some people have histories, illnesses or vulnerabilities that make them susceptible to attachments? No, that's a myth. That's not true. Are attachments unable to enter into some individual's energy fields that are in some way too strong? No, that's also a myth. So attachments can happen to anybody. What else can you say about attachments? Again, it just goes to trying to be safe if you're practicing anything spiritual-wise. So always making sure you put up protection and also just being careful with your words. So not welcoming something like that into your life. Changing subject to the disappearing object phenomenon, can this be related to poltergeist? Sometimes, but again, it goes back to many people bring up definitions and try to define each entity as a separate category. But there's a lot of overlap where it can be a poltergeist, but it also can be anything else. For all these different categories of spirits, are they basically all the same, except that ghosts are the spirits of the departed? Yes and no. The problem is with all the entities, they have their own individual personalities. So ghosts are past loved ones, demons come from somewhere horrible and try to wreak havoc, and there also is an overlap of everything else. So everything goes back to trapped energy. Do objects disappear because spirits are trying to tell individuals that they are around that they are around them, or is it because they just want to be a nuisance? Both again, it depends on the certain entity. What else can you say about the disappearing object phenomenon? Just to be patient, so the object will and has to return, so it won't last forever. Changing subject to cats, do they typically communicate very well with humans and with other cats using their sounds and body language? Yes, that's correct. Is there any difference between black cats and non-black cats? No, it's just the colour of their fur. Why would black cats be associated with evil spirits or witchcraft? Basically because they are dark and related to darkness. So the black colour makes it so they are also easily hidden also. Why are cats find staring continuously at a particular place in space? They can see things that humans cannot. What kind of objects can they see that are invisible to humans? Many different energies. So they can see entities, different energies, different colours, etc. Are cats different to dogs in that respect? Dogs can see too, but in a different spectrum. Can cats feel certain vibrations and know how people feel about them? either positively or negatively. Negatively. Yes, but cats usually have their own agenda, so they don't always care about people or other cats' emotions. Can cats see into other dimensions? It's possible, yes, but again, it would be very hard to prove since you'd have to get into a cat's mind. Can dogs as well as cats possibly see into other dimensions? It depends on the dog. What else can you say about cats, especially black cats? That cats are still lovable and want a good home as well. So instead of thinking about the cat based on its fur color, you should think more about the personality of the cat and if it will fit in with you. Two general questions to finish. How do you sense if an entity is in your home? 
for the most part, I take someone who's used to the energy as so a professional, but also try to tap in if it feels like something is watching you or something feels negative, if something just doesn't feel right. But again, trying to move your mind from the remove your mind from the equation, since the human mind can play tricks on you and make it seem like there's something there when something actually isn't there. Around Halloween, with more attention being paid to the spiritual world, does the veil between the physical world and the spiritual world become thinner? Yes and no. In some circumstances, yes, since people are opening more doors, trying to get closer to the spiritual world. But no, since people also do that all year round. So it might be a bigger proportion, but there are also people doing this all the time. That was the last answer. Are the incredible abilities of cats too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, there's a couple of takeaways from today that I found really interesting. Um, there was a statement about demons that they couldn't be good without evil, so we have to have evil. And it came up several times that putting up protection is so important and not messing around with spirits or the paranormal in any way if you possibly couldn't, can avoid it. Yes, I think the more takeaway for me, too, is that there's these general assumptions made about different things, even, for example, with cats, where there's these, you can call them myths or assumptions, that something's either good or bad. So people just assume that cats are bad because they're black, but it actually doesn't really mean anything. No, um, just a word on attachments. I thought it was interesting that we had that long quote about attachments may be associated with um, some physical disability or mental illness. Um, it's clear that from the psychic insight that that's not the case. And uh, I think that um, illness should be dealt with by doctors, not people with uh, paranormal abilities. I think, again, it goes back to putting each of these entities into these little boxes where different paranormal investigators are trying to define what each entity is. But it seems like overall, every single entity has its own personality. So if you think about a ghost, a ghost, one ghost isn't going to be the same as the next ghost or the next ghost, since depending on who the person is or was, it's just not going to be the same. So it seems like they're really trying to go for these definitions instead of just letting these entities be. Okay, I think you just got time to talk about the Facebook page. Yes, we'll mention our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True, with the first two spelled T-W-O, and our Instagram page at T-W-O-G-T-B-T. And... I want to say and wish everyone a happy Halloween since that is coming up and that I hope everyone stays safe and has fun. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the show and we look forward to next week's show.